out of the box. Out of the box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI. Well, hello there, and a happy Thursday to you. Thank you so much to Stephen Ferris, the king of disco, for another excellent morning. And uh, today, I've got a really interesting guest. Imagine this. You've, you've got a couple of cars and a couple of houses, a boyfriend who you don't really like, and for almost a decade, you've worked in stressful, high-flying corporate jobs. Then one day you say, no, not for me. You break up with your asshole boyfriend, you quit your job, you leave your houses and cars behind and head off to live in the forest in Tanzania. My guest on Out of the Box today did just that and a butt-ton of other things. Ava Smulhall is her name and she's a changemaker and a social entrepreneur that's led her to start a bunch of different initiatives like Think Act Change, which is a meetup of minds geared towards bettering the world. And she's also started a subscription toilet paper service called Lulu and... Uh, MM Mule, which is like, get this, you can reward a traveler for delivering something you want with a local experience, or you can, you know, deliver Vegemite to an expat in Estonia. The possibilities are endless. And welcome, welcome. Why, thank you for having me. That makes me sound terribly important. Um, no, I'm not that interesting, I promise. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's going to be all right. Well, at least you've got good songs, even if you're not important. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, well, this is kind of mean. It's really mean to kind of ask somebody to, like, define their life in a number of songs. I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this, man? It's, like, really difficult. Yeah, sorry. We're really into cruelty here on Out of the to box themselves in with songs. So it's more like in the box. Yes. <laughs> so computer dust, disaster aside, you have a whole bunch of tracks and they're good stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I've just like, it was like when you were telling me, oh, you must download your music and like put them on CDs. I'm like, man, I haven't done that shit in years. I'm like, I don't even know how, <laughs> how to. How does one download? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I just use Spotify, man. I don't even know how to do this. But uh, yeah, no, I got through it. But like the list is kind of quite like me, um, mildly haphazard, um, very last minute and uh, can't really remember a lot of what's on there. But it's all good, man. It all, it, everything, everything means something. It's not a list of like my favourite songs, so don't judge me. But um, yeah, no, it's just all stuff that kind of points to bits of my life. So uh, if you're listening, you may have noticed that Avis does indeed have an accent. She's Irish, so I have to yes, put I a am. language warning on the entire next hour of the show. That would be wise. So uh, if you're in a car with kids or you know particularly delicate, then you might want to you know turn it down. But you know I think it's going to be okay. She's she's nice. <laughs> just I do curse though. It's a problem. Just, yeah, full of curse words. Yeah. And so you've just been at Burning Man. You just got back from yes. Burning Man. Yes. Yeah, I just got back last week. So my mind is still in that kind of brain exploding face doesn't know what to do with life sort of moment yeah so like I guess I've um I've been to loads of festivals before and I yeah I just I didn't really have expectations of what Burning Man would be so like for those of people who don't know it's like essentially the short version is 65,000 people go into the Nevada desert in the states build an entire city and over the course of the week have parties and just go crazy and explore themselves and everybody else and everything through art and a hell of a lot of neon and <laughs> then set shit on fire and then go home and leave no trace and now the city doesn't exist anymore. It's like the most bizarre thing in the entire world to actually fathom and it's so vast, like it can take you an hour to get from one side to the other. So you're like, that the scale of it is what like blew my mind. Sounds like a trippy utopia. And as a yeah. social entrepreneur... 
what kind of stuff do you take away from Burning Man? I mean, you're the kind of person who would create a business with it with an ethical an ethical end, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so and that's what I try and, and inspire people to do. Um, so many things. One, it's really bloody important to play, right? Like, I think we have a tendency as grown-ups to take ourselves way too seriously and not just fuck about and have fun. And um, and Burning Man is, is all about that. But um, I think one of the things I found really fascinating is that it gives people permission to just be who they're supposed to be or who they want to be without judgment. And... Um, yeah, so as a social entrepreneur, I guess it, it's about realising human potential and what we're all capable of if we have a bunch of people who believe in us. Fantastic. And we've got a track to take from Die Antwoord, and I was wondering why, why this would be the first track of the show. Um, I didn't have a particular song that reminded me of Burning Man, but Die Antwoord and this particular song um, reminds me of my road trip to Earth Frequency, which is my favourite Aussie festival. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those tunes you just bang out when you're driving in your car and on a way to a festival and you just know you're going to have a hell of a lot of fun. Excellent. On FBI 94.5, you're listening to Out of the Box with Ash Bertabez, Ava Smallhall, my guest today.
so creepy. I know, the be happy. Yeah, couldn't have made it creepy if they tried. Diane for their, I guess creepy is an operative word for them, but also <laughs> super excellent, great driving song. That one is called SOS, but the S is dollar signs. Yeah, kind of like, is it SOS? Is it dollar o dollar? Who knows? Dollar o dollar. Yeah. So my guest today, Avis Mulhall, she started off doing corporate stuff for oh, basically God, a decade. Yeah, can you Can you tell us a bit about what your life was like uh, back then? Yeah, it was one of those things where um, it was really shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I, thought I, I, I thought I liked it at the time and like there were bits of it that I really enjoyed. But um, basically I was like an executive headhunter. So I spent my days um, finding jobs for really high powered executives in banks like and um, in trading companies. And yeah, just, you know, going around playing golf, um, you know, making shitloads of money um, and yeah, like I had all these things and I had all this money. And when I was like 27, 28, I was earning like a quarter of a million dollars a year. And I can't even think about earning that in my life right now. Dude, That's I, didn't even, I didn't even know what to do with it. Like, yeah. you know, I gave my brother a car. I used to just like spend money on shoes. I don't even like shoes. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck was I doing? But, um, you know, it's uh, like I look back on it now and I think I was mad. But at the time, you know, if anyone told me to do anything different, I would tell them they were mad. Right. And um, yeah. And so like I remember waking up one day and I. I had had this really like, you know, I'd had this really crap day at work the day before and I, you know, had the disagreement with my boyfriend and I was just like, man, you know, there has to be more to life than this. And, you know, you've got that like little niggly voice in your head that's kind of going, maybe you should do something different. It was like not niggly in my head. It was like screaming at me. and I Do came, something different. I was like, oh my God, just get the hell out of here. <laughs> and so I came home from work one day and I had like like key in my hand and I was like, okay, going into my apartment. And like, I couldn't go into my apartment. I was like breathing outside, just going, okay, it's going to be okay. Because my boyfriend was on the other side of the door and I knew he was going to be waiting with where me like and picking a fight. And I opened the door and he was right there. And it was just like, oh my God. And he picked a fight with me and I was like, oh, screw this. And I'm out. And I just like, I quit my job. I dumped my boyfriend. I packed up my shit and I went and I lived in a rainforest um throwing in the metaphorical towel with style i know it was like eat pray love but less annoying yeah <laughs> I, so. I do want to punch that woman in the face like you know like you, I, like i hate that book it hurts my face to think about it yeah. i'm sorry about your face avis i know it hurts man <laughs> so it, it's crazy one one day you're living this this corporate crazy life in in ireland mm. and then the next you're finding yourself in was it would you consider it deepest darkest africa is this a place that's hard to get to it was pretty damn remote um and i picked this particular village because it was so remote because like i didn't want him to be able to find me (laughs) (laughs) he was a bit of a dick but he was also kind of crazy you're not making him sound appealing at all eight years though was it was a complete wanker yeah no totally totally how does that happen i don't even know man it's like you know you wake up one day and then all of a sudden you're not even you anymore and i remember like like about two weeks after I broke up with them, my friends were like, oh, my God, you're back. And um, and I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you just disappeared on us for a while. And it was like it was one of those relationships where, um, you know, he didn't kind of it wasn't like he was like crazily abusive or anything, but it was just like chipped away at you like bit by bit. And like, you know, he'd be like, no, I don't really like that nail polish or I prefer it when your hair yeah, is slowly up. undermining. Yeah. You as a person. And then like yeah. I had no confidence left by the end whatsoever and then like you know after that it was just like screw this I'm just going to be me and like be unapologetic about who I am and yeah 
So well, he sounds psychopathic. We won't drop any names. But yeah. um, that's what, not. <laughs> He'll find could me. Get to. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden, you are in a village in Tanzania. What really what remote. intentions did you go there with? Oh, you know, stupid white girl, like oh, I'm going to go over and save the world. And um, yeah, I just went over there and just realised that it was just a beautiful place to be. And I helped out where I could, but more than anything, it was really just a wonderful experience for me. So. You know, I had this conversation about altruism earlier and like a lot of the time you you go to do good because you want to do good. But at the end of the day, it makes you feel bloody even better. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing how it worked out. But um, it was a really beautiful experience. Like I was living in this really remote village in Tanzania. You couldn't get there by road. You had to like hike up a mountain. It Like I ended up getting malaria like three times. It was like super remote. Had to learn how Worth to it. Oh, totally, man. I'd like I'd take I'd take malaria any day, you know, and um, yeah, I learned how to speak Swahili. Like I was like the most crazy little white chick in the village, you know, it was just like, yeah. And um, yeah, they didn't even know what to do with me. It was just like, you know, I was teaching them how to make like banana bread. And then in return, they'd like, you know, teach me how to do stuff and like speak Swahili or Kisamba, which was a tribal language. And yeah, and we were just like, I t- taught the local women how to knit and just, it was just really fun. But um, yeah, I kind of felt guilty about the knitting thing though, because it was like the middle of summer, taught them how to knit like hats for their babies and shit. And then they would like be like, hey, look at my baby. And I'd look at the baby and be like sweating. sweating. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. I'm like, come to Africa and like make babies sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, real altruist there. Oh, dear. Yeah. Mm. All right. Wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it. No. And so what kind of things did you learn from the community that you were in? Oh, God. Well, I learned that, that the, the main thing I learned is that life, when you break it down, is about like three core things. It's about having enough food on your table to feed your family. Um, it's about having a family that loves you and it's having a community that supports you. And if you've got th- those three things, like you, you don't need a whole lot else and um, these were people who really struggled and suffered and they squeezed like joy and passion into absolutely everything they did when they worked in the fields they sang when they had to walk long distances they 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 sang and then people would run out onto the street and give them water as they walked past and you know it was all about that kind of community of support and then like when I got sick you know it was it was shit but like I woke up and there was like you know 30 people outside my window just going, you know, you know, we want you to get better, teacher, you know, and it's like, and they would sit outside until you got better, you know, it is, it's a really beautiful thing. And, and, um, and yeah, it was just like that, that, that connection to family and community. It, It taught me a hell of a lot. Perhaps it's fitting that we're going to take a track now from Toto. Have a wild stab at which one? <laughs> the cheesiest one. Yay! <laughs> it's called Africa. It's the best song ever. And uh, you're it's listening cheesy to... cheesy as, man. <laughs> Listen to FBI 94.5. My guest today is Avis Mulhall. We're going to be back in a second talking about many things. All the things. Flight, the moonlit wings 
I'm so glad this is happening. I know, it's a funny one, huh? Yeah. Uh, I used to like literally like tear down the windows in my 
non-functioning Land Cruiser and just blast that out. And I was like, it's so cheesy, but I just, <laughs> it made me feel so bloody alive. It was great. Yeah. Toto, Africa on Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. My guest brought that in today, Avis Mulhall, who is many things. You can't really put her in a box, so that's why she's on Out of the Box. Bad puns, I'm sorry. And um, I guess you can probably speak to the notion of, of shitty things turning into good things. Ah, uh, yeah. More than, more than most people, for sure. I mean, when you're in Africa, you, uh, you were in Tanzania you in a small village for a while, but then you decided to go to Mozambique. What were you going to do when you were there? Um, oh, no, I never intended on like, staying in Mozambique. So like, when I left the village, I travelled around like 16 countries with my tent and, um, and, and just was camping and travelling around southern Africa. And... Um, and like loads of bad shit happened all the time. Like I said earlier, I got malaria like three times. I like, you know, I had to kill like two snakes that like were like one was like trying to kill me. And so I had to kill it first. And it was like, ah. and then, you know, and like, you know, crazy shit just kept happening. Like I had this massive gorilla in the middle of Rwanda, like roll over my legs and just like start chewing on some leaves beside me. And I was like mildly shitting myself. And then, so you, you know, didn't break your leg at that point? No, not at that point. Oh, I had torn like a oh, ligament. I had torn a ligament in my arm. And then like I got attacked by a cheetah when I was in Zimbabwe and then like I had this really serious disagreement with a monkey when I was in Kenya and then you know like crazy stuff just kept happening I was like what is happening I want to know more about your disagreement with a monkey though dude like okay if you've been in a rainforest for like you know three and a half months and you haven't had a break and then you've got a packet of chocolate biscuits and you come in from the beach and there's a monkey in your bag eating your chocolate biscuits you're gonna have a fight with that fucking monkey you know (laughs) it's just like it's like I didn't win though oh yeah the monkey won you know, that's a shame. Yeah, well, it was kind of a little bit scary, but you know, <laughs> you I, surrender I, to the I monkey. Thought, I thought I was scary, but it was scarier. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like baboons, but like you know, crazy st- stuff always happens. And like you know, when something crazy happens and you travel, you have a choice. You know, you kind of go, oh, okay, I can accept this and just keep going, and it's hilarious. Or you can just kind of go home. And, and I'm not the kind that will just go home. And it's the same thing. Like I rocked up to Mozambique, and I was only supposed to be there for a few days, and um, and I broke my foot. And oh, good um, work. I know I'm really good at that. <laughs> um, and I was just like, you know, I rang the mother figure again. Like I rang her like three times. You know, it was like every time it was after a serious injury. She's like, for God's sake, Avis, would you just come home? <laughs> and um, and I was like, what are you talking about? Why would I come home? That's ridiculous. And I had no money to stay there because it was quite expensive to stay. And so I was just like, well, I just checked out. And I was just like, okay, look, is there any jobs going? And the place I was staying in was looking for a new manager. So I ended up running a surf and yoga lodge on the coastline of Mozambique. That Um, sounds utterly amazing. It was not half bad for a chick had just broken her foot, you know? Like, so I think anytime something crazy happens to you, like good stuff can come of it. And if I hadn't broken my foot, I wouldn't have stayed in Mozambique and I wouldn't have gotten to run a surf and yoga lodge. And then I wouldn't have bumped into Andrew, who became my business partner. And we ended up traveling around Ethiopia together and I wouldn't have gone to Ethiopia. And then like we ended up setting up a business and moving to Australia and I wouldn't have I wouldn't be here. So like breaking my foot in Mozambique that one time like kind of changed my whole life. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like, escalated quickly. I know. Didn't I? I was just like, <laughs> poof, poof, poof. yeah, brain exploding. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And it is, it's one of those things, eh? like bad stuff. You can choose one of two directions. Like you can choose to live your life as a victim who, yeah. who kind of just holds onto the story of it or you can just go, meh, shit happens. I can't figure out if your life is more chaos or immaculate design. I just chaos. can't figure it out. Chaos, okay. yeah, definitely chaos. It's like it's like putting this list together. I was just like, this makes no sense. It's completely erratic. But I get shit done, like, and that's the irony of it. It's like people like look at my life from the outside and it looks like complete chaos. But I always manage to get stuff done. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of that list, we've got a track to take from it now. It's called Sprawl Two Mountains Beyond Mountains, and it's by Arcade Fire. So 
why is this song what does oh, this sing to you this um myself and my mate terry like uh she's like my best mate and we just we just had this like ritual of like dancing first thing in the morning and she would like rock up to my door if she wasn't already sleeping over in my house and and we just dance around the living room it's like that shit makes you feel alive first thing in the morning so yeah naked dancing in your living room is always good
on FBI 94.5. Such a gloriously happy song. It is, isn't it? I adore it. Sprawl 2, Arcade Fire, Off the Suburbs. Immaculate album. Thank you so much to Ava Smallhall for bringing this one in. Anytime. We were just chatting about the crazy times spent in Africa. Of which there were many, yes. And how you could take them either way, but you took them the good way. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think there's any way to take it. Exactly. That's, yeah. And your your misadventure, I suppose, in Mozambique where you broke your foot eventually led you to meeting a business partner and therefore coming to Australia. So that's why you find yourself here yeah. today. Yeah, pretty much. Like I met this dude called Andrew when we were in Mozambique and he was in a kind of similar life crisis. You know, he was earning shed loads of money in New York and he was from Sydney and we traveled around Ethiopia together and we were just like, you know, there has to be a better way of like living. And um, we were halfway up this mountain in Ethiopia with this like crazy dancing Ethiopian priest and a goat named Henry. <laughs> and um, he was cool, man. I liked Henry. We we did eat Henry though. So oh no. I know. Oh, I kind of felt bad about it. It was like the, the first... sad parts, please. Yeah, I know. Edit, like revoke. Sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. It was awful. <laughs> God damn it, Henry. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and we decided we'd set up a business together and that's why I moved to Australia. So I moved to Australia just like three, nearly four years ago. All right. Yeah. And when you first arrived in Australia, it didn't really go that smoothly. You were waiting on a business partner to arrive. And what kind of situation did you find yourself in? A bit of a shit one, really. Um, yeah, so I have Crohn's disease and I, I've had Crohn's disease since, since I was about 25. And um, about six weeks after I arrived in Australia, I started to get unwell. Um, and it was about... I think it was two days after Andrew had arrived. Um, I had a hospital appointment and uh, yeah, and I was told like it was a Tuesday or something and I had to go in and have an emergency surgery and um, had to get part of my bowel and intestine removed, which is like, ooh, jazz hands. Uh, you don't need that. No, and and like it was pretty supposed to be pretty straightforward. Um, so it didn't really freak me out. I was like, yeah, okay, I have to go and have surgery. And Andrew's like, really? You're being very blasé about this whole situation. And I was like, me? <laughs> I've got plenty of intestines. It'll be grand. And, um, you know, like apparently they like wrap around an entire tennis court. I'm like, that's freaky shit. But, you know, it's true. And um, and I was like, I could do without some of it anyway. And um, and so, yeah, but the, the surgery went wrong and I ended up like having to have uh, an emergency surgery, um, had a complete laparotomy, which is where they take all of your insides out. And like then I ended up with a colostomy bag, which was like, whoa, nice surprise. Yeah, a bit early for that. Yeah, I was just like, gross, come on. Like, really? And um, that, that's, a, that's hectic. I mean, oh, like, you're. You're in a new country. Yeah, I knew nobody. Like, I'd I'd only been here, like, a couple of months. And, yeah, and then, you know, I wake up and there's a bit of my intestine, like, hanging around on the outside of my body. I'm like, this is a bit weird. And and then the doctor was like, look, we're real sorry, but, like, you'll get better. But I didn't. And I just got even more sick. And they didn't know what was wrong with me. And then I ended up in intensive care and I was dying. And it was like... You were dying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, they thought I was going to die. Like, and so my family came over and... Yeah, but I, I eventually kind of got better. Like they turned out that I had like a, an infection in my central line that was going into my heart and it was shutting down all of my organs. And um, and so when they took the central line out, um, then it was all good and I started getting better. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a bit just, of a mission. Just the way you say, and I was dying. 
<laughs> is well, astounding to me. Well, I wasn't so bloody happy about it at the time, you know. Yeah. I was like, I was in a lot of pain. It was, it was horrific, like, you know. And you're, you're on a lot of painkillers. What did that do to you? Um, Yeah, well, like, I was on a morphine pump and then I had, like, ketamine infusion in my leg and I had fentanyl patches on my arm and, like, I was just tripping balls the whole time. And, like, but the pain never went away. Like, there was and no you lost way. Your sight. Yeah, completely. I couldn't, I couldn't see. I couldn't speak. Like, I was hallucinating. But the pain never went away. And it was really, really difficult. And, and I, I became really, really depressed and I became suicidal. And, and, um, and like when, you, when you're in that much pain and you can't see an end to it, like, and the doctors that are treating you tell you they don't know how to fix you, you know, there's, there's very little hope that you can hold on to. And I think hope is what makes us survive. And mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, well, what do I have? And I, and I just kind of lost hope. Um, but then, you know, I started to get a little bit better. And then I realized, you know, I'm like my family wanted me to go home. But I was like, if I go home, I'm giving up on the dream that I came here for. And so, yeah, having a dream to kind of fight for really kind of saves you. Yeah. And we'll talk a bit more about that dream. We've got a song to take from Radical Face. Oh, it's such I know, a good it's song. such a good song. I love this one. Yeah, it just reminds me of how life should be. We'll be back in a moment talking to Ava Smallhall, a amazing lady who is a social entrepreneur, a change maker. She started off in corporate and hated life and just went and went wild and started doing amazing things. And uh, we we're just chatting about her battle with Crohn's disease. And we'll be back in a moment to talk about the the future yes. and stuff. <laughs> All the stuff. <laughs> On FBI 94.5.
You listen to FBI 94.5. Out of the Box is the show that is on the air right now. So I'm sorry to that person who wrote in saying, could you please, please, please play some Kendrick Lamar because they're begging. They've had a shocker at work. I'm sorry, bud, but we've also got a really good guest in today called sorry, Avis Mulhall. <laughs> so all the good tracks are coming in. Maybe uh, if you relay that, that to Beth, who is going to come in for lunch in about a half hour. She'll be able to help you out. She's a big Kendrick fan as well. So uh, Avis Mulhall, my guest today, she, she, I don't know how to like, usually it's quite easy to say this is what this person does, but for you, not so much. Yeah, no, like people ask me what I do and I don't really, I don't even know how to answer them. I do Avis. I like that. I just, I I just do awesome shit. Hey, like, you know. Cool. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And just before that track from Radical Face called Welcome Home, Son, we were talking about your battle with Crohn's, your mm-hmm. hospitalization and depression and suicide, yeah. suicidal thoughts. And you came out of that because you had you had something a, to strive for, plan. I guess. Yeah. 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 I think um, having something to hope for um, can can save you um, and having people around you as well. Um, what was that? What was that hope for you? That hope was like I was working on a business, but it wasn't the business. It was that I knew that I wanted to make a change in the world and, and I wanted to do something great. And I wanted to just live my the life that I was destined to live instead of the life that I had been living before, which was just so constrained by absolutely everyone and everything. And that's why I love that Welcome Home Son song. It just it reminds me of freedom. Right. It makes me feel so incredibly alive and so incredibly free. And it's funny because I used to think I knew what freedom was but I was just living in this little box and and then once you discover what freedom is it's just like ah okay I get it now yeah and um and yeah and when you come out of a lot of pain and suffering um it's funny like I think the people who have suffered the most are the are the kindest um because of this kind of compassion thing you know and it's like it was one of the things at Burning Man that I really related to was like there's this temple where people just go in and they just, you know, unload all of their 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 fears and, you know, their suffering. And, and you know, the one thing I've realized is that we're all connected by grief and suffering and we all suffer. And there's no such thing as, you know, someone who's strong. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, you look at a social entrepreneur, you look at someone who's like happy-go-lucky and you just think, oh, yeah, they're always happy and it's amazing. But like yeah. strength is an illusion. You That's know? really interesting because we did have a social entrepreneur on the show once before, Tom Dawkins. Legend. I went to Burning Man with him. He's one of my favorite humans in the whole entire world. Yeah. Hi, he's Tom. He was an absolute leg, legend. Legend, yes. Total legend. Yeah. So when we had him on the show, we actually talked about depression among social entrepreneurs, which is something that kind of surprised me at first, but then it kind of made sense because if you think about it, you're, you're engaging lot of people mm-hmm. you're putting yourself in at immense social financial risk but maybe that doesn't bother you and like no certainty no security yeah pursuing risky ideas how do you kind of stay on the life horse does everyone manage to stay on the life horse um look you know it's very easy to categorize people as entrepreneurs as social entrepreneurs but we're just humans at the end of the day and and humans suffer and humans struggle and yeah as a social entrepreneur you may be under a some more pressure than somebody else but it's all relative to your own life experience um everyone suffers right and um and it's it's about coping strategies and how do you keep well um I guess like for me I've got this tattoo of the ocean on my arm and um the ocean really helped me find balance like when I when I came out of hospital I thought I was never going to touch the sand again I thought I was never going to see the sky again you know and and so I appreciate the shit out of getting in the water like and even this morning it was cold but like I just the amount of joy I get out of just feeling cold or feeling like the ocean or feeling the sand under my feet it's it's 
I guess I didn't know it was mindfulness at the time, um, but it is. It's just paying attention to the small things and appreciating the shit out of nature. That kind of keeps you grounded, keeps you connected and makes you feel incredibly alive. So that's how mindfulness applies to your life. Yeah. Can you can you talk a bit about maybe as like a someone who's a social entrepreneur, actually, you know what, just a human, someone who's Humans. just a human, Yeah. how how mindfulness is, is something you can actually keep practicing? Yeah, well, like, I guess I didn't even know it was mindfulness when I was doing it until somebody told me what mindfulness was and I was like, oh, okay. Um, mindfulness for me is just paying attention to the small things and appreciating life, right? Um, it's, you know, not getting caught up in, in the everyday chaos that's going on in your mind and around you. Because it's really easy to just get lost in that, you know, like you dive into your inbox and you're like, shit, there's so much to do and there's so much work. And, you know, you walk past all this beauty and you don't even pay attention to it. And if you just like slow yourself down a little bit, you'll see so much more. And the more that you see, the more that you appreciate. And the more that you appreciate, the more you want to like preserve that. And I think that's the entrepreneurial thing as well, like, you know, and the activism. And, you know, the more you see the beauty in the world, the more you want to save it. And the more you see beauty in people, the more you want to help them. And um, and so, yeah, that's how it kind of connects with entrepreneurship for me. Um, but, yeah, it's just so important to be grateful. Yeah. Mm, makes you happy. Lovely. Ava Smallhall, my guest on Out of the Box today. And we've got a song to take. Ooh, which one? Gamma Ray. How oh, about yeah. it? How about it? Oh, man. Do you think that's what we should go? Yeah, do okay, it. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beck is just like, Beck just reminds me of university, hey? It's like um, Peaches and Cream was the song of the moment when I was in art school and I was surrounded by all these creatives and, you know, I studied photography and fine art and all these animators around me and it was just art and crazy music and, and yeah, and I suffered from depression in uni as well, but, like, it was, you know, I just took loads of drugs and drank and, you know, that doesn't help, whereas now I know yeah. how to deal with it, you know, and um, and I know that having people around you and just talking um, is is how to get through it and just being really honest about your feelings all the time. And, and if you need someone to talk to and you're going through some blue times at the moment... 13, 11, 14 is probably a good number to call. You'll be calling Lifeline Australia to have a bit of a chat about your feels, 13, 11, 14. And so we've got this fabulous song. Love it. To keep you company in the meantime. Beck Gamma Ray on FBI 94.5. You're listening to Out of the Box with Ava Smallhall and myself, Ash Berdebez. <laughs> Smells 
Wow. <laughs> so much fun on so FBI 94.5 oh yes <laughs> all the memories it's all coming back to Avis now you were listening to FBI 94.5 that was a track by Beck called Gamma Ray and uh, just before that we were talking about social entrepreneurship and my guest on Out of the Box today Avis is a social entrepreneur a change maker some of the things that she has uh, been instrumental in creating or founded is a website called mule.com so you can reward a traveler for delivering something you want with a local experience so say i wanted to go to india for mm-hmm. example actually have you have you got any examples of well, what you've done yeah india is one so like we had a chick who went to um delhi and uh she brought two old cameras that she wasn't using anymore and in return she um she brought them to a, a local youth organization there and in return she got a tour of a walking tour of the city by x street children that the home had rehabilitated um so yeah it's just about swapping stuff that an organization might need for an experience that you wouldn't otherwise get. That's really fabulous. Mm. And she also, Ava's my guest, also has founded Think Act Change. And can you yes. describe a little bit about what Think Act Change does? Um, Think Act Change is basically a community where I try and inspire other people to create change in the world. So it's all about connecting people um, with other awesome humans um, but at the same time you know starting conversations that matter around anything from modern day slavery to mental health um, and then giving people a channel through which they can you know talk about their own ideas as well. So you've got a great number of things on the boil at the moment. One or two. Yeah just, just, just a few. So you don't really do things by halves but does that kind of count for when you know you stuff up? Oh my god I just, <laughs> yes yeah well like Here's the thing, right? Like people look at you from the outside and they just go, oh my God, Ava's Mahal, she's a social entrepreneur. She's got her shit together. Because you read like someone's bio and you're like, oh my God, they're amazing. Yeah, and sounds it's like, like a big box checking list. Yeah, no, it's all yeah. bullshit, really. You know, like you always look at people and you think, oh, you know, I can't do that because like they're amazing and they've got their shit together. And it, like that, nobody does. Like nobody has a clue what they're doing. And especially if you're a social entrepreneur or you're an entrepreneur and you're trying something new and trying something different, there is no such a thing as having your shit together or knowing what you're doing because you're doing something new. So this is something really interesting that, was it you that started this? It's called uh, Language Warning. I don't know if I need to do that, but Fuck Up Night. Fuck Up Night, yeah. (laughs) So um, I've done a Fuck Up Night here in uh, conjunction with Spur Projects down in Melbourne. And um, Spur Projects are also, um, they did the Soften the Fuck Up campaign for men's mental health. And uh, yeah, like... I think one of the things in entrepreneurship and in life in general, like you'll learn in school, there's a right and a wrong answer. And, you know, having the wrong answer makes us fear failure. And fearing failure, uh, you know, means that we bottle up a whole lot of stuff. And and so Fuck Up Night is about celebrating your failures. And how do you actually celebrate a failure? I mean, if you're getting together with a bunch of people, what, what do you do? Do you just like say this is what I did, it totally sucked, yeah. let's drink about it? Yeah, well, it's just it's just about not being afraid of them anymore right it's about recognizing that everyone everyone fucks up everyone fails and you learn from it and you know you you look at past relationships you've had and if you if you learn from those it makes your future relationships better you look at past business experiences you mess up you learn more you do everything right you don't really learn or you don't really know where the the winds have come from so yeah failure is a good thing yeah yeah. But when you're when you're doing something, you know, for as a change maker, you're trying to do something good and mm-hmm. ethical. What do you do when you hit a wall like that? I mean, I, it's it's not like you're making a butt ton of money when you do these things. It's no. usually out of a social conscience. What do you do when you hit a wall? Everyone hits a wall um, in life, in work, in everything. Um, and I think that's why working on something that you're truly passionate about makes a big difference because it inspires you to just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just keep on going. Because there's no such 
thing as failure if what you're working on is for social good. You've just found another way that hasn't quite worked out. And if you fundamentally believe in what you're doing and you trust that what you're doing is the right thing, you haven't failed. You're just you're just continuing on a path, right? Yeah. And as a piece of advice to to change makers, you once said, try not to be so busy. What do you mean by that? Oh man, like oh, we've got this like over glorification of just being busy all the time and you know, like diving into your inbox and just like having a million tasks to do and and if you're really busy all the time, it just means that you're not focusing on yourself and um and I've I've found through, you know, my own failures in this is that if you don't prioritize yourself, if you don't look after yourself, if you don't give yourself plenty of time to just enjoy life and enjoy the simple pleasures, you're not going to be sustainable. You're not going to be able to give of yourself to the cause that you truly care about and you'll just fall apart. Um, And anytime I work too hard um, and forget about doing all the things that I love, like the universe gets in the way and it, you know, I get sick or I have an accident or, you know, I get hit by a car and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is a sign I need to slow down. And um, so now, like, my lesson is, okay, try and slow down before you get hit by the car. You know, it's, it's easier Deep. that way. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not totally fitting then that the next song that we're playing is Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> man, this, 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 just Duran Duran. I used to have, like, this little, like, uh, school bag, and I had, like, Duran Duran on the cover of it. And this song just used to, it's just, it's everything from my childhood. It is perfection. And yeah. you're listening to Out of the Box on FBI, my guest, Ava Smallhole. And here's Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. <laughs>
bit chuffed that we got to do that. I know, it's so cheesy, man, but it just, it's its Molly Ringwald, it's my crushes on Emilio Estevez, it's like Ooh. everything. I know, what was I thinking? What God damn it, thinking? he's like a little you blonde know. midget. I'm like, really? I'm like, that's the best you could do? I've, I've come a long way. All right, good. Yeah. Ava Smallhall has come a long way. She's got a lot of great stories behind her, and we've actually run out of time to talk about any more of her it. fantastic stories. Why? So many stories. But if you want to relive the good times, you can check out everything we've talked about today and all of the jams on fbiradio.com. You can check us out on mobile or on the web. And we've got all the songs written down. And you can go on On Demand and listen back to the show in its entirety. It'll be up in about a half hour. Exactly. (laughs) No, we've had a lot of love on the the text line today. There's a lot of people identifying with their story. There's someone who's just being diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And they say that mindfulness helps them a lot. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Mindfulness, meditation, all that stuff. Like, you know, you can't underestimate the power of it at at all. Mm, The power of thinking. Mm. You know? Yeah. We're not thinking. Or not thinking. Mm. Both. All the things. All the things. (laughs) All the thinking. (laughs) Well, we're ending on a strong note here on Out of the Box. Thank you so much, Avis, for the amazing times. And uh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. We've got one very last song to play on the 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 show today. So, Boniver, is there a particular story or reason that you wanted to play this song? Um, there's a couple. Well, it, it just it just sums up my love life, which has been, you know, walking disaster for the last four years. Um but yeah, I think it was one of those things like I realised I was a, a grown up when um my last breakup was horrific. And um and yeah, and I was like, I got four tickets to Splendor in the Grass and I had the choice of going to Splendor in the Grass and just going nuts and getting all messed up and or I had the choice of staying at home and running myself a bubble bath and like listening to Bon Iver and I did the sucky thing and I was like, oh, screw it, man. I'm just going to behave and like, <laughs> I'm going to nourish myself. I'm going to look after myself and screw that mofo. Anyway, so... Um, There's a lot to be said for a good bubble bath. There is, there is. And I was like, I, I realised that I had figured out how to deal with my emotions at that point. And I was like, oh, there was something very satisfying and also something very sad in that moment as well. <laughs> But yeah. All right. You've been listening to Out of the Box with myself, Ash Berdebez, and Ava Smallhall. Thank you for the enlightening times. And one last song Bon Iver, Flume. the box.
Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI.